You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Thursday live edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Who saw it coming? We have to react live to a signing during the lockout. Definitely a thing I did not anticipate, but the New York Yankees transaction wire announced they've signed Ender Inciarte to play Center field in the in Scranton, take Clint Frazier's place with the Rail Riders, play in the major leagues. I don't know, but Ender Inciarte is a Yankee. And in case you were wondering how old he was, he's 31. So it's worth talking about. Kind of interesting. Mm. Plus, cocky Aaron Judge ready to go for 50 bombs in his walk year. Why don't we just extend this guy? The Oakland Athletics are maybe making catcher Sean Murphy available. So let's just expand those A's trades. We've all got cooked up in our brains. And yes, no, maybe somewhere in the middle on an Eric Hosmer trade. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. Come join us live on YouTube every Monday and Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern, during this incredibly dead offseason that just got woken up by an Ender NCR Day deal. The biggest free agent signing legally that can happen at this juncture. Thomas, Welcome to the podcast. How you doing? Uh, do you remember where you were when the Yankees signed Andrew and Ciarta? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Hanging out. Uh, th- there's been some. Uh, there's been some buzz um, around the industry, so it's been a little bit more entertaining uh, this week than than, mo- than yeah. You know the good industry buzz. We're we're not contributing to the industry buzz. We're just no, we're no. reacting to it. We're just I wish a I, I wish I had near the buzz. industry buzz. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're hanging out in the vicinity of the industry buzz, just <laughs> telling the people behind us what the buzz is. Yeah, I wish I had buzz. Um, it'd be really cool to to transmit the buzz and electrify others. But hey, here we are having fun. Inciarte, dude. I crazy enough. I thought about this because broken off broken off season brain is a thing yeah, for, you're for a most freak. of us. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and uh, I thought about this like last week and I was like, what if they go and take a flyer on Ender Inciarte, who like was an all-star a few seasons ago and still was like playing decent baseball. It's just been like the last three years that have kind of come down for him um, and get him on board and maybe do the platoon thing in center field. Cause it seems like that's my, that might be what they're doing, but um, here we are. They signed him to a minor league deal per the transaction page. It wasn't even an announcement. It wasn't anything of the sort. You just, it popped up on the transaction page and I don't think this is a bad idea. I really no. don't. Hey, look, we had one center field option. One, Starling Marte, that was it. He's gone. There's nobody else you can get that is, uh, that's going to be worthwhile for your money and free agency. There's not anybody you can get for a relatively low-cost price on the trade market. Um, that's why we were uh, talking about uh, last episode, potentially trading for Lorenzo Cain and giving the uh, Brewers a reason um, to uh, either eat some of his salary or take on less for us to platoon him in center field with uh, Aaron Hicks. Because once again, we don't need the best players at every position. We just need guys who can maybe produce. Inciarte, as early as 29, uh, 20, uh, 2018, I'll give him 2018. 2018 yeah. was a decent year for him. Uh, played in 156 games, batted 265. I'll take it. OPS uh, over uh, 705, stole 28 bags. If you could do that in the nine hole, I mean, uh, that's light years ahead of what we were getting this past year from anybody who was in the eight and nine hole. Um, I understand he's not going to be the all-star he was in 2017. Um, I understand he's probably not the pristine gold glove outfielder that he once was um, a, a few years. That was, oh no, he was a gold glover in 2018. So yeah, three times. Could be there. Yeah, three times in a row, 2016, 2018. So um, I don't think this is a bad move. I also still do not think this is a Yankees-esque move. The Yankees shouldn't be taking flyers on guys who have played 150 games over the last three years um, and have been exiled from the team they were once supposed to be a franchise cornerstone for. Um, but I'm not going to get angry about this. I think if the strategy is to platoon in center and just have guys capable um, of playing every other day um, to limit their... Uh, limit the, the possibility of them getting hurt because we know Aaron Hicks is, is injury prone. Um, and Inciarte brings an entirely different uh, skill set to the game. He's a little bit, he's, he's faster. He can cover a lot of ground. Um, and he's a, he was once a contact heavy lefty bat. And that would sure be nice to have at the bottom of the lineup. I'm not going to go off and attack the Ender Inciarte oh. signing as if I need to, you know, address this with fury. Like, it's it's certainly I'm also not going to be incredibly, you know, through the roof excited about it, no. but it's a much bigger name than I expected to be adding on the minor league waiver wire, especially on Thursday, December 16th, the, the day that the Yankees, I mean, you saw all the other guys, the Yankees signed. Yeah, uh, I've never heard of any of those people. John Heyman informed me they signed a pitcher who spent time with the White Sox and Royals, I think. And that's great. I've never heard of that man. Wish him the best of luck on the Scranton shuttle. But Ender Inciarte is a 31-year-old 2017 All-Star who, again, has not appeared a lot over the last couple games, last couple seasons. But the age of 31 definitely surprised me. I would have said 34, 35. I would have thought he was closer to Nick Markakis territory than he is to his. He's younger than Anthony Rizzo. Like I, yeah. I would have seen that coming. Um, he, and he was previously a beyond serviceable player, and exactly the kind of guy that we're talking about—a good Yankees team being able to plug into the nine hole at his peak. 
his offense was roughly equivalent to what Gio Urshela gave us this year in a down year, but his peak is no longer there. He is probably going to OPS plus in the mid to high 80s over, I don't know what, 70, 80 games worth of center field play. If he cracks the major league roster, which I would expect, he would have a significant chance to do so or at least be the first man up on that shuttle when Aaron Hicks inevitably gets hurt. You could do far worse than Ender and CRJ. The Yankees are, cat again, a 2017-2018 gold glove all-star that they are catching three years late, not seven or eight years late. It's completely unexpected that they would uh, be able to pull off a maneuver like this, um, especially, you know, with a bored group of GMs who have nothing else to do and no <laughs> other way to function. Like, the Yankees managed to outbid the world for Ender Inciarte when there are obviously teams with, you know, a team like the Royals as Michael A. Taylor in center. They don't want to alternate and, and use Inciarte there. Like, there are plenty of last-place teams who can give Inciarte 150 assured appearances in center field this year. Uh, you know, he was just DFA'd by the world champs last year. I don't think a team worse than the Braves cuts Ender Enciarte in the middle of that injury plague season. They probably give him the chance to work it out. But the Braves said, you know, we have championship aspirations. You got to go. Um, and for him to hit, hook on with the Yankees already so soon is, you know, relatively surprising. I, I fully did not see this coming. And I'm enthusiastic about it, or at least as enthusiastic as I can be for somebody who's assessing 31-year-old recently DFA'd minor league signing. But cool. It's very cool. Yeah, maximize the reps that that need to be filled. Um, like I said, it's not you're not getting an all star, a, a, a present all star option here. Um, but you never know. Changes of scenery help players all the time. Uh, Ender Inciarte uh, was was not having a good run of it in the, his last three seasons with the Braves. Um, 2019, he was injured a bunch, um, and his his uh, his his batting average and, and base running suffered as a result. Um, and then his short in 2020, terrible, but like, are we going to judge him on that? And then, uh, 2021, he, he was put on the COVID list. He missed some time. Um, and then he was relegated to part-time duty. Brian Snitker, uh, Braves manager made that decision. Um, and it clearly didn't work because he had a, what was it? A career low. Yeah. Career low up until that point, 592 OPS. I'm not going to count the short in 2020 where he OPS 512, um, no, and that throws off all the stats to her. Like he's played games over the last couple of years, I mean, yeah. obviously, but he has been injury prone. You lose mm-hmm. your gold glove speed at some point. But I, yeah. I think a lot of us New Yorkers remember him because he spent a lot of time tormenting Mets fans at City Field, both with game ending uh, leaping catches over that right center wall. He also hit a bomb at some point, I believe, that changed one of those Mets Braves games. Uh, good baseball player and, and a, a, a classic uh, Yankees nine hitter or 12th man. And he just showed up in the middle of the lockout. Yeah, I think it's fine. And how old are we, dude? He was the Shelby Miller trade with Dansby Swanson. Like, where has where has life gone? I really don't know where it's gone. I'm looking. I'm assessing my life through old baseball trades now. That one felt like eons ago. And he is, like we just said, 31 years old. He's still he could still potentially be relevant. And Shelby Miller, nowhere to be found. He is nowhere to be found. Yeah, so, and I think he was traded at what, like age 26, but I'm still here sitting here being like, he's got to be like a 35-year-old dinosaur, <laughs> right? He's traded, he's traded at 25, yeah. Yeah, isn't Ender Inciarte the oldest man alive? No, he's not that old. He's <laughs> 31. I'm 31, uh, yeah. spoiler alert, for the podcast. So I, I can still kick it. I can still bat ninth for the Yankees. Hell yeah. I probably won't. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have much more to say about Ender Inciarte. I, I actually can't say his name. There's something wrong with my mm-hmm. mouth. 
Ender Inciarte, but when I try to move fast, I just don't get it out. I, I, I'm just I'm pumped that we had a signing to discuss. I mean, this this doesn't go much deeper than that. Yeah. As many people on Twitter have told me after baiting me, it isn't that deep, dude. Um, but it really isn't that deep. It's just it's an exciting little Scranton addition. Um, and a lot of the chatter otherwise has been about somebody else who spent a lot of time at Scranton these past couple of years, Clint Frazier. And it's exciting to change the narrative a little bit and be able to announce a, sign, a signing, a signing. Uh, you know, maybe the lockout ends sooner than we think it's going to. I don't think it will, but there's been a little bit of optimism lately. Teams like the, uh, you know, Twitter's leaking. Teams like the Astros are selling tickets for their late January fan fests that are entirely contingent on players showing up. Yeah. And so if fans buy tickets for that and the players don't show up because they legally can't, again, the Yankees aren't announcing the Andrew NCR thing because they can't comment on anybody. That's why people are just picking up on it via the transactions wire, I assume. Uh, otherwise, we'd be getting. I mean, they gave Wandy Peralta a stupid little graphic that said "Welcome to New York, Wandy." Back when he was a nobody, so they would give Ender Inciarte a Photoshop. They'd rip the beard off. They'd be like, "Happy birthday, we love you." Um, but people are, you know, the, the Astros are functioning as if players are going to be able to report places on January twenty second. I don't think that'll be true, but they seem to think that way. Major League Baseball and the MLBPA aren't talking till the new year. They're not talking financials till the new year. That sounds bad. They got a lot of financials to work out. I don't think they're going to be able to do it in three weeks, but they want to have a nice long holiday. They're like Congress and the Senate. They're like, well, there's things to fix. America's broken. Baseball is canceled. Well, now let's see, kick up our feet and enjoy the first Noel um, yeah. while, while all giving our family the Omicron variant. Yeah. Um, this well, actually, I'll, I was just thinking. You were saying this. This might not have. This might not be deeper than it is. What happens with Estevan Florial now? Does that mean they don't have faith in him? Does that mean maybe he's going to get traded? Does that mean they want to up the competition and see what he's made of? I don't know. Just things to consider, guys. No, don't yeah. really have to talk more about that. But that's left throws left. Freshly thirty-one. We're fans. We're. I mean, I I keep getting tricked by the same stuff. Like Estevan Florial just feels stale, even though he's played like eighteen games as major league. Yeah, it would I, probably be a better. Back up than Ender and Ciarte, but I'm such a fool that I'm like, whoa, Ender and Ciarte. I'm just blinking at you know familiar names uh, because I because Florial hasn't come up and stolen my heart in his first like 16 games because I'm such a moron. Or he broke but, his wrist once, and Yankee fans were like, yeah, not him anymore. Yeah, that's a, guess yeah, not. Can't come back from that. Oh, he got yeah. hurt once. Nah, no, we'll leave him. No, your wrist never heals. That's famously not a fixable injury. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Knuckleheads. The Players' Tribune's incredible podcast, co-hosted by former NBA players Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. They're lifelong friends and bona fide truth-tellers. So you got to listen as they invite special guests, high-profile athletes, musicians, and entertainers to get brutally honest about everything from current events to untold stories from the golden era of sports and culture. Named for the on-court celebration they made wildly popular, this unfiltered, hilarious, and surprising podcast is like playing NBA 2K with no foul. So this is their seventh season of doing the show, and it's never been better and more unguarded about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. Guests this season have included Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, and DeMar DeRozan. So please, if you love any of the things I mentioned, and you should if you're a diehard sports fan or a casual sports fan or an NBA aficionado or anybody who's even dipped their toe into the NBA waters, please check out Knuckleheads presented by the Players' Tribune. You'll be very, very glad you did. Let's let's talk about the superstars on this team. Let's yeah. talk about Aaron Judge. I like uh, it. 14 minutes on Ender and Ciarte. And honestly, tip of the cap it. to us, but uh, moving along. 
Uh, Aaron Judge was spotted at a BP session this week wearing a Golden State Warriors t-shirt, which is exactly what I would wear if I wanted to be good at my chosen sport. Steph Curry, pretty good. All-time record holder, three-pointers. He's going to run and hide with that record. Nobody else is catching Steph Curry, and hopefully nobody's catching Aaron Judge this year either, who looked uh, whoever was taping him, a weird guy taping Aaron Judge in the middle of his BP session, probably for him to review later, but maybe for nefarious purposes. I don't know. Maybe it was the Red Sox video coordinator, JT Watkins. Um, but Aaron <laughs> Judge turned and looked at the guy videotaping him in the BP session and said, I'm going for 50 again this year. Mm. It's what he said. It's Juicy. currently his walk year. It shouldn't be his walk year because I think he should extend Aaron Judge, who is literally Aaron Judge. Mm. But they haven't done it yet. It remains his walk here. He's not under contract for next season. And he is motivated and in the cage this holiday season, ready to hit 50 bombs, which he has not done since he hit 52 in his rookie year of 2017. We were all waiting for a full year of Judge before starting to make these declarations about his extension. We got it this year. He played in 148 games, which was, you know, basically as many as he could play other than the COVID mishap during the middle of the summer. Um, it's clearly not that hard to get COVID these days. People are definitely getting examples of how easy it is for that disease to go from person to person. And Aaron Judge is somebody who acquired it in the middle of the summer. But other than that, played basically every game he was eligible to play. Uh, and dominated 149 OPS plus same way above average production as always. He almost got to 100 RBI, got to 39 homers, pretty close to a 4100, couldn't quite make it, but a damn fine full season from Aaron Judge, who is now ready to one up himself and go to 50. Thomas, this is a two part question. The extensions we've seen floating around, are you on board for those? Do you think it's going to cost more than those rumored extensions? Would you hit the yes button right now if those were in front of you? And two, do you think Judge can actually get to 50 in this all-important, freshly married season? Congrats on the sex, Aaron. He's feeling it, dude. Guy gets married. He's got probably away in Hawaii having like a little mini moon before they do the big thing. And he's just amped. He's ready to hit 50 bombs again. Um, I'm totally on board with these extensions. Um, you look at them. The one Joel Sherman proposed, I think, was a five-year, 189, $189 million with a six-year yeah. option. Um, and, uh, Ken Davidoff's was a little bit more complicated. It had some player opt outs in there and then it had some, some other options down the road. It got um, up to like two thirty eight, I think. And there yeah. were, yeah, some unfortunate options in there, but I haven't seen one over like two forty yeah. uh, for like six or seven years. Look, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in the business of disrespecting players for what they deserve. I just think, you know, you're, uh, you're Aaron judge is 30 now. Um, uh, not a lot, not a long track record of playing healthy i understand he did what he had to do last year he played the fullest season he could have possibly played missing 14 games is not a big deal he got you're going to get five or six games of rest time in there and then he missed that week and a half or two weeks with covid um he was the most consistent consistent player on the team clearly the best player on the team um both all you know all around defensively and um offensively um uh sherman's contract i like better um, I think these are more so the model of what should maybe be birthed out of this lockout. Um, birthed. Yeah, birthed out of the lockout. Let's figure out a new thing where everybody can have fun. I'm not uh, I'm not here to be like, oh, let's save the owner's money. But 10 year deals are just onerous in so many, so many ways that it, it you have a declining player at 37, 38 who's just can no longer do it. And it's either eating at the payroll or it's taking up a spot on the roster that doesn't need to be taken up give judge five years that takes him through age 35 makes 36 million a year on that deal i think that's pretty fair don't you it's a lot of money 
mm-hmm. and you're ma- and you're making big bucks in the short term. It's not like it's not like, you know, the, it's backloaded or you're not guaranteed the money or, you know, you you think you should be making, you know, 100 or 200 million more. Um, Judge is not in his 20s, so that's going to affect the negotiating. Um, but I do think he should get the, you know, a higher a higher AAV if it's a shorter term deal. It's common sense. It's just what it should be. And I think if you have a deal in the 189 million range with an option for a sixth and, you know, maybe you give him a, maybe there's like a, maybe it's like a $36 million salary and like a $12 million buyout. He still eclipses the 200 million mark over the course of the, over the five years. I think everyone's happy there. Um, And do I think he could hit 50? Absolutely. Um, If his season doesn't get interrupted by COVID, maybe he does. You know, he, when he's on fire, he, he's hitting beach balls out there. He's seeing beach balls out there. It's, it's unbelievable. So, um, he is essential to what the Yankees need to do, um, in terms of keeping this core together and making sure that they're on the right trajectory for whatever happens beyond 2022. Um, I know we talked a lot about all these guys coming off the books next year. It's crazy. Judge is one of them potentially if they don't sign him to an extension. And then you have Britain, uh, Chapman, uh, Gary Sanchez, um, Jamison Tyone, Chad Green, a lot of money coming off, a lot of retooling that's going to have to happen. You're not really going to want to retool with the guy who is the supposed face of the franchise. So figure him out. The other ancillary pieces, I think we'll be able to take care of. Brian Cashman's a capable enough GM when uh, when he's not bogged down by Hal's constraints or whatever it is. So I'm on board with all of it. I'm in for 50. I'll, t- I'll take the over on 49 and a half. Let's have some fun, dude. Yeah, this is uh, – I'll take the over two. Why, why the hell not? Yeah. I mean, we, we've got special event baseballs. And the Yankees are going to be playing all these fancy games. They're going to send them to London and send them to the Field of Dreams. I'm sure judges will be able to get three, four, five, six bombs off the Sunday Night Baseball balls, which pop a little different. Super balls. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Rizzo made that very Super clear. Balls. Super balls. I mean, those are not real. And it, Rob Manfred just like fucking around with everybody's money but also changing the baseballs on a whim. Uh, pitchers can't throw sticky stuff primetime games the ball bounce over the fences um you know i'm sure he changes rules on the fly too remember judge did hit 53 home runs that rookie year one got taken away it actually should have been 53 yeah. one hit a seat it was said it hit the wall it didn't uh so 52 is his career high could he go for 52 in a full season absolutely yeah one uh, you know 154 games is a full yeah. judge season theoretically he needs days off he certainly seemed to turn a corner in maintaining his own body last year. He's already back in the cage, looking full strength and healthy. I'm not going to make predictions about Iron Judge's health because I know not to trip into those waters, but 50 is not out of the question, and I'm going to hammer it because it's it's more fun to root for Aaron Judge to hit 50 bombs than it is to be satisfied with 32. That's not Aaron Judge. Now, it's still pretty great value, and I'm sure he's hitting doubles, and I'm sure he's fielding a gold glove right field, and he's still got that hose for an arm, and even though he's pulling up short in front of fences so that he's not running into them and ramming his knees into the short wall – Still a damn good fielder out there. He provides a ton of value, even if he's not hitting 50 bombs. But let's get you some 50 bombs. Uh, and in terms of the extension, like, he wants to be here. They clearly want him to be here. And it's holding up the rest of the offseason that he's not here long term. So maybe we all just wake up on day one post-lockout and just get that done. Yeah. Six years, 189. Seven years, 240. I actually don't care. Those are both fine. Those are both totally fine numbers. If if you let that preclude you from doing other things, those numbers, if those are the numbers that gets Hal Steinbrenner to be like, we just can't do it, then that's embarrassing. You don't have that. That's my whole, I mean, I'll just do 30 seconds here. That's distillation of the whole thing. But the Red Sox want to be poor. The Red Sox desperately want to be poor. They're the NYU freshmen showing up in, you know, 
designer clothes that look like they're covered in dirt and ripped jeans. That's the Boston Red Sox. They want to trade Mookie Betts so they can rebuild from the inside out. They want to continue selling you on prospects. I just don't want the Yankees to think that's a good idea or to do that. They can extend Aaron Judge to whatever price, and they can still afford free agents. No Aaron Judge extension, whether it becomes a calamity or not. And by the way, I don't think it will become a calamity. But if by year six, you're no longer satisfied with the Aaron Judge extension, the Yankees have enough money where they don't have to cry poor, and they don't have to use it to stop them from signing other free agents, no matter what the cost is. Aaron Judge is your captain. If he can't play 160 games six years from now, he'll happily sit on the bench and teach other players how to use that porch and rip balls to the bleachers. You just don't have to play poor if you don't want to. You don't have to wear the ribbed jeans. You don't have to show up in the orphan hat. You could just be the New York Yankees, and none of these proposed judge extensions will stop them from spending at any point in the future, even if it goes sour. The minute worry that it might go sour is not worth anybody's time and rant. Uh, so let's move yeah. on to potential catching solutions. Shall we? Shall um, we? I'm going to turn the floor over to you because the Oakland Athletics are, we just can't stop looking at them and we wow. never will. We've got our eyes on Matt Olson. People, you know, that's at the one yard line and I'm assuming day one post lockout, <laughs> that'll get finished. But it's not, re- it, I mean, it's worth talking Matt Olson alone. But if you're talking to the A's, you might as well talk about the other pitchers who are available. Sean Manaya, Chris Bassett, Frankie Montes. All of them would help the Yankees and I would expand any Matt Olson deal to also include them. Now, what about Sean Murphy? The A's catcher who we could expand this one step further, make it a mega, mm. mega deal, and finally have an alternative to Gary Sanchez. What say you? Uh, why not? I was surprised when I saw um, uh, Kyler McDaniel of ESPN, MLB Insider. He had this in his uh, article on Wednesday evening. Um, just some lockout buzz, like we said. We're circulating the buzz. We're trying to figure out what's going on. Kyler um, McDaniel. Yeah, he he talked about the A's in that uh, in that column, and uh, the the obvious names popped up. Uh, Matt Olson, duh, Sean Manaya, Chris Bassett, Frankie Montas. Um, <clears throat> so you look at those guys and you're like, yeah, like a package deal, need a starter, could use a first baseman. Uh, all I, I think, um, I think Montas. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's it's Montas, Bassett, and and Olson who have the uh, rising. Um, arbitration costs oh no no Manaya's up there Manaya too, so, too. Yeah, yeah they're they're, they're all hitting there. the end of that room. yeah so they're all going to be uh, on the block yeah. and then mcdaniel later down in in the paragraph about the a's says some have whispered that catcher sean murphy who has four years of control left could also be had for the right offer so what kind of man, I, I mean eh, i don't know um the dudes from peaks kill new york if you folks are familiar with that about an hour north of the city um so uh Pretty cool. Could be a hometown type 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 deal here if we can if we can get it to get it to work. But um, I don't know what we're looking at here. If you're going to do Olsen, a pitcher and catcher. The other thing that kind of bothers me about these types of deals is like we're taking an entire other team and we're like, okay, yeah, now this is our Mm -hmm. team. That's what bothered me about the JV and Carlos Correa rumors. It's like, okay, I'm going to take the 2017 through 2019 Astros core players and then win a world series with them doesn't feel genuine but this is the a's it's a little bit different um and if they're willingly selling because they're not going to pay these guys or they want to rebuild this is a perfect match everyone was talking pre-lockout why it was so obvious i mean that's why all these reports about matt olsen all these reports about matt olsen came out was because it was the easiest thing to speculate if you're just a person with a brain oh they're, the A's are getting rid of these people. Oh, the Yankees have one of the deepest farm systems in the league and don't need all of these prospects. Yeah, that makes sense. Let me come up with a prospect package off the top of my head and tell you it's on the one yard line. 
And then if it comes true, I'll look like a genius. Yeah, we could have done that too. We didn't do it. But there's a reason that that was the discussion that was being fostered because obvious match. The Yankees can expedite the A's rebuild like that. The A's are very good at expediting their own rebuilds. They do this every four or five years. And you'll notice they have one okay year back into contention the next. So obvious way to help here. But how big is this deal going to get? How big would this hypothetical deal get? You're talking about Matt Olson. You're talking about Sean Murphy, and you're talking about a starting pitcher. That's three players. Sean Murphy's gold glove catcher as of last year. Um, Similar numbers to Gary Sanchez when he's performing, you know, average. When Gary, yeah, offensively, offensively, yeah. He's a better back, he's a better defensive backstop, and Gary's, you know, 20 homers for 60 RBIs. Sean Murphy can replicate that, no problem. So, um you're talking about, and he's got four years of control, relatively cheap. And then you're talking about one of these starters who have one or two years left to control, ten million or more dollars, I believe, for most of them. Um, I think Montas might be right on the cusp at like eight million or something. Uh, the other two are definitely ten million or more. Um, so what do you look at here? Like one of the top shortstop prospects has to be involved, Volpe or Peraza. Um, I think the Yankees are going to be do the best they can to have it be Peraza instead of Volpe. Um, and here's a package that I kind of just. Came up with off the top of my head. If you're going to do Olsen, Bassett, you probably want one of the hard, you probably want the the hard throwing righty um, uh, and Murphy, Luke Voigt, Domingo Herman, Peraza, Luis Heal, Austin Wells, Trey Sweeney, Elijah Dunham. This is going to take a lot of people, guys. This is three. It, it yeah. is. It, and I, I don't know really? if that's too much. I, that's, that's three top seven prospects. And then you get Dunham, who had a great year, outfi- young outfielder. Um, and then you toss in, uh, um, oh no, yeah, Dunham was the only one out, but you toss in Domingo Herman, a guy the A's could use to stay relatively competitive, um, as best they can have him maybe be part of the rotation for the next two, three years, um, as they, they introduce this new rebuild. I don't know if that's crazy. The other, uh, the other option I had here was maybe, uh, was, uh, substituting one of the position players for Luis Medina. Um, or throwing in Estevan Florial instead of one of those other guys. Um, I don't know what the A's are looking for. I just know that they're going to want value if they're trading this many controllable major league players. Olsen has two years left. The pitchers have one or two year left, and Murphy has four, like I said. So um, I don't think it's a bad – maybe they take Gary Sanchez because Gary Sanchez is an expiring deal. They know that $8 million is coming off the books. And, hey, if he has a good year – with Oakland, maybe, I don't know, maybe they work out a team-friendly contract extension and he stays there. I have no idea what the A's are thinking, but, or it at least gives the Yankees another avenue to go around, trade Gary for something else. Um, am I on board with this? I think it's a lot. Um, I, I don't know. I'd have to think about it for a little bit longer. Um, but, I mean, improving defense at that capacity behind the plate for that many years looking ahead, um, I think would solve a lot of the team's problems and obviously not have to have another cloud over our head this year being like, oh, is Gary Sanchez going to be re-signed? Every defensive gaffe means Gary Sanchez is not going to be re-signed. He struck out in a big spot. We're not re-signing Gary Sanchez. Don't really want to hear that for another year. I don't know about you, but that's kind of where I stand. I mean, that's certainly how we'd cover it if Gary Sanchez had more defensive gaps. <laughs> this defensive gaff means Gary Sanchez gone. This defensive gaff proves Gary Sanchez stay. Um, yeah. it, that would just occur. Um, yeah, I have I have very little interest in seeing Gary Sanchez on my opening day roster. I've also accepted that I will see Gary Sanchez on my opening day roster. 
it is what it is. It's light. I mean, this would take everything short of Dominguez and one of Volpe or Peraza. We'd keep one of them. We'd give the other one away. Dominguez would stay, and this would basically be the rest of the top, like five of the other top eight guys in the farm system. It is what it is. It's an insane trade. Maybe the Yankees just go with something like Peraza Medina heel for Sean Murphy and forget about the Matt Olsen element of it all. And the pitcher, I would rather have Olsen. I would also rather have the starting pitcher. Sean Murphy, quite frankly, is the third priority for me just because, you know, good defensive catcher. I, You know, you could get Tucker Barnhart. You should have done that earlier. Um, You should have done Jacob Stallings if you're going to do Sean Murphy. He's a slightly higher upside, but still basically a roughly league average bat. Um, And his last season was less than impressive. It was like 114 strikeouts in 119 games in, in 2021 after a really good short in 2020. Looked a little bit less like the guy that we expected him to after his beastly, you know, cameo in 2019 and shortened season 2020. You'd be taking a chance on him as well. I would, of course, throw him in, but the four years of control obviously makes this a bit of a dicier proposition. Trust us, Yankee fans, it's going to cost all of the dudes, basically, if you want to remake your roster in the image of the Oakland A's. Though trading Gary Sanchez as part of that deal intrigues me. So before we sign off, Let's talk about Eric Hosmer a little bit, and I'll toss this back to you as well. Because the Yankees do have a first base need. We've been very reductively putting this at a three-man horse race between Anthony Rizzo, the fallback, which is not fair to him, and it involves him having to be circled back to after the Yankees have already lost out on two other options, which, again, not fair. Anthony Rizzo can sign a one-year $14 million deal the second the lockout ends with somebody else, and this plan that all Yankee fans have assumed is reality involves them being like, Anthony, sit tight, don't do anything, give us a week and a half, and then we'll talk to you, which is not, which is the, basically the way that the Miami coaching search just went, where they were like, Manny Diaz is our head coach, unless somebody else wants to be our head coach. Nobody does? Okay, Manny is still our head coach. And Does anybody else hear the press conference and decide they wanted to be? No? Okay, Manny's still the head coach. Like, that's the Anthony Rizzo thing. It's like, we're going to look for first baseman. Unless Anthony Rizzo wants to come back, well, he can. Well, just we'll be in touch. Um, So Rizzo is the fallback, and that's sad and weird. And he might dump the gun and sign somewhere else. I would if people were like, just sit tight. Don't do shit. I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to sign with the team that wants me. Matt Olson and Freddie Freeman are the other two. The Matt Olson trade, the Freddie Freeman signing, the Braves disillusionment, and all that weird stuff going on in Atlanta. The Dodgers and Yankees set two pounds. What about Eric Hosmer, who is going to cost about Anthony Rizzo money, produce less than Anthony Rizzo at the bat, but not drastically less than what Rizzo gave us last year, which is weird and is a bat who could potentially abuse the short porch. Of course, Hosmer is classically a bad contract. We're able to give examples of bad contracts. He is one of the guys that would mean if acquiring Eric Hosmer would probably come with a top five Padres prospect. So weigh in on this. I don't. I don't see why this is a bad idea. Is it my first choice? No, this is plan D. I'm going to preface that now. This is plan D. If Freeman out, okay, great. You go for Olsen next. If the price is there, if the price there is too high, whatever, you go to Rizzo. Maybe you're not getting as high as other suitors are in the open market. I don't see why you don't try this. The remaining money on his contract, four years, $59 million. That's $14.75 million a year. You've done worse than that, haven't you? You've overpaid players much worse than that. Um, And on top of that, he has player options for every year after 2022. So let's say he has a bang up 2022 and he abuses the short porch if he comes to New York and there's a renewed market for him and there's not a great market in 2023. Maybe he opts out and you're like, okay, great. Now we're not on the hook for, you know, the three years and 39 million that's left after that because 2022 is a $20 million salary. But 
the other the other advantage here is the Padres reportedly were willing to include a top five prospect here, like you said. So Padres, very good farm system. They've used their farm system depth over the last two or three years to uh, make the roster that they had. Hopefully uh, they think uh, former A's manager Bob Melvin is going to be able to elevate it. We will see about that next year. But you get one of these top prospects just in, in exchange for a four-year $59 million contract, which is literally nothing. You'll be paying Rizzo the same amount of money for a little bit more power and slightly better defense, but we're not entirely sure if the decline in 2021 that we saw from Rizzo is an actual regression. So, you know, eyebrows a little bit raised there. I do like Rizzo, though. I would like him on my team. I'll take him back at any second. But you talk about replenishing your farm system with a top five prospect. If you're going to go out, say the Matt Olson trade's too expensive and Freeman's not an option and Rizzo signs elsewhere, maybe you trade with the A's for Murphy and a starting pitcher, and then you go trade with the Padres for Eric Hosmer. Like I said, you don't need the best players at every position. Hosmer really wasn't, I don't know why this is like now determined like the worst contract in the world. He's totally fine. Batted 270 last year, OPS slightly above average, uh, 104 OPS plus. Like, I don't, this isn't the worst deal in the world. I know like the power could be, could be better. 28 doubles and 12 homers. You'd like to see more than that in 151 games. But guess what? This guy has missed 40 games. 40 games since the start of 2017. He is always on the field. Yankee fans, value players, whoever you want. A big value for me, for anybody on this roster, is availability. Because we've seen so many years since 2017, guys missing time. It's affecting the roster. It's affecting their output because they're not getting in the rhythms. They're not getting that consist- those consistent reps that they should be getting. I don't know. And left the, uh, you look at Eric Hosmer's spray charts, he pulls a lot of his power shots. So we're always talking about these guys taking advantage of the short porch and how it's a dream and all that. Uh, we thought Joey Gallo would. He did not in his 58-game cameo. Eric Hosmer is, is a pretty good bet to do that. Um, and he also he also has a, he has a penchant for hitting the ball to all fields um, with you know his, his singles and, and, and whatnot. So um, he's not strictly a pull hitter, but his power shots are typically pulled. Um, and if you're looking at, you know, if you, you're looking at say, what is Rizzo going to cost? Like 40, 15, 16 million yeah, a year. Exactly. Yeah. So you're paying the same amount and you're getting a top, you're getting a top five prospect back in return and you're trading a few home runs. Rizzo's probably good for what at this point in his career, 22 to 20. Yeah. I mean, if we're judging him on the one eleven OPS plus last year, it's going to be a 20 to 25 homer max guy with. 30 doubles, valuable player. Yeah. And if the back issue isn't too bad, valuable player, yeah. but yeah, not quite the 140 OPS plus dude we've seen. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm just saying there's not that big of a drop off. And if you're getting a top five prospect in return and there's player options in this deal, maybe Hosmer doesn't like New York and he wants to get out in the last year and he leaves 13 million on the table and he goes, I don't know, dude, crazy, crazy shit happens all the time. I'm just spitballing here, but you know, you're talking about durability. You're talking about a guy who's like, Who's, who's always OPSing in the sevens. I know that's not like the sexiest thing in the world, but like he just came off the, sh- he, he just came off um, uh, his, his final year in, in Kansas city played uh, in back in 2017, played in all 162 games, had a career year with an 882 OPS. Um, obviously that was a little bit, that was a little bit less indicative of what he, uh, what he's doing now, but 2019, 22 homers, 99 RBIs, 735 OPS. Like that's fine for me. Don't need, don't need the, don't need the number one option on the market. If we can't get it, 
I don't think this is a bad plan D. I also don't think it's a bad idea for the Yankees consider to consider a little bit early if they could snag a top pitching prospect, if they're going to get rid of some of their other guys, or they take that top pitching prospect from the Padres and use it in a deal with the A's or use it in a deal for Luis Castillo with the Reds. I don't know. Stuff is happening. It's possible to do it. Why not get creative? I have always said that Hosmer would be a good Red Sox and a terrible Yankee. Yes. I maintain that, but it's at least something to think about. And maybe we block him from the Red Sox and we'll never find out. It would be wonderful to never learn that information for sure. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast with an actual signing Ender and Cierte bulletin. It feels good to break news again it's been far too long until next time find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcast drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question we'll be more than happy to talk it out you can listen to this very same podcast again going up on all those platforms later today and find us on youtube live and twitter live monday and thursdays 2 p.m eastern time until next time i'm adam weinrib you can find me on twitter at adam weinrib you can find trade proposals like aaron hicks and gary sanchez for eric hosmer below thomas carinante where can the people shout proposals at you i'm at tommy's underscore takes hicks and gary for hosmer i don't know i don't know maybe i don't know know. i don't know what happens there we got to take out the prospect though because that that's not gonna that's not gonna fly with san diego um head on over to yanksyard.com we got plenty of content there for you we're talking a little bit more in depth about this hosmer deal uh tomorrow uh we're talking a little bit more in depth about the potential sean murphy expanded package uh over the weekend Adam's got a ton of stuff up there for you. Ready to digest, ready to enjoy. Um, Have a good weekend, everybody. The next time we'll talk to you is Monday, and that'll be the last set of episodes before the holiday. We're going to have a great time. I'll see you then. Wow. Goodbye, everybody. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.